Welcome everyone to Middlebrow Icons. We are here for our second installment and our second variation on Middlebrow Icons. This is the show where we examine Oscar winners for Best Picture, Grammy winners for Best Album, and Pulitzer winners for, for Fiction. I'm Danny Kelly Stallings. I'm here with my co-host Pete Gamble. Hello. And today we are going to talk about Oscar winners, probably everyone's favorite and most accessible of the Middlebrow Icons franchise. However, we are determined to make it more difficult for you. And so we have a sort of draconian game and a bizarre set of rules for you that we're going to do to walk through the Oscar winners from 2001 awards year to 2010. So we're talking about the decade of the 2000s. We're going to go through this and we're going to crown a winner for this decade. And we're going to let you know who it is by going through this strange game that I have created that you will listen to and hopefully enjoy. Pete, you ready to go? (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm ready. I love games. Let's do it. Plus, there's a clear winner of this entire group of things. So obviously. To me, there's no... Well... Mm, interesting. So to me, there's not a clear winner, but we're calling this Academy Awards Shark Tank. Mm. So we're going to walk through and we're going to go through um, in a lot of our other games for this series where we're killing people and killing movies and books it's been, and so forth. It's been violent. It has it's been, been really violent. Which is not very it, middlebrow. Middlebrow violence needs to be stylized. And, I mean, is uh, middlebrow poly- violence your sort of comic book violence? You're like kapow, kawam no, kind of thing? No, I think there's what two kinds of middlebrow violence. Middlebrow violence is either highly choreographed like your John Wick's right or it is extremely realistic and used to to speak against violence like some of these movies we'll talk about like platoon or something yeah well even more so like I mean in this list I mean all all of the violence in all of these movies kind of with the exception of gladiator and return of the king that's not the real kind of violence that's highly choreographed violence it's more like you know guns are really scary and do a lot of damage and you know violence is is a real terrifying force in the world not just like a cool dance move for ninjas Got it, got it. Okay, makes so, sense. Um, That's my feeling. I think it makes sense. So, Middlebrow listeners, here's how this is going to work, and it's a little bit complex. So, bear with us. We will explain all the rules, and by the end of the episode, I promise you, it will make sense and it will be satisfying. So, Academy Awards Shark Tank. We're going to look at the Oscar winners from 2001 awards year to 2010 awards year. So, 2001 was released in the year 2000. So, we're looking at the year, the decade of 2000 to 2009, essentially. And what we're going to do. Pete and I each are going to begin with $100. These are not real dollars. These are pretend dollars, but... $100. Pete, you've got $100. I've got $100. Here we go. This is our seed money. This is our seed money. In the first round, what we're going to do is I am going to give you five movies. You won't necessarily know what movies they are because we're going to alternate, but I'm going to give you five movies. And you have to spend all of your $100 in the first round. So you are going to be distributing this $100 to the movies you think are the most worthy, the best, most compelling movies. You're going to distribute your $100 among these five movies. So if you love the movie, you might give it $30, $40, $50, etc. If you hate the movie, you're giving it $0. Does that make sense? But I have, yes, I have to spend it all. That's right. It's just like in in a Shark Tank scenario where you're giving seed money to to deserving ideas. Okay, I'm going to tell you which of these ideas are the most deserving, and I'm going to do it with the most American of things, cash. Cash! Put your money where your mouth is. That's right. However, there is also a secondary element to the game where you and I are sort of making these side bets on what I think you will like and what you think I will like. I love it. Proposition bets. Let's do it. That's right. In making these side bets, you are going to sort of guess what you think I like, and I'm going to guess what I think you will like. So, for example, when I give you a movie, like let's say Shawshank Redemption, which is not on this list, but if if I think you will love Shawshank Redemption, I'm going to say, okay, Pete, how much money do you want to put on Shawshank Redemption? You know that you're only going to get five movies, and you've got $100 to distribute among them. If I think you're going to like Shawshank Redemption... I'm going to assign one of five multipliers. Each of us gets five multipliers for these fi- for these side bets. So you either get a 0x, a 1x, a 2x, a 3x, and a 4x. Those are the five multipliers that you get. You've got to use them all in the course of this first round where you're going to be rating five movies. So if I'm like, okay, Pete, you get to rate Shawshank Redemption. You get to give it some portion of your $100. Of your $100. And 
In my head, I'm not going to tell you, but in my head, I'm going to assign one of those five multipliers to Shawshank Redemption. So for example, I might say, hmm, I think Pete's going to love Shawshank Redemption. I'm going to give it a 3x multiplier or a 4x multiplier, but I'm not going to tell you that. And then you are going to assign a certain amount of money to Shawshank Redemption based on how good you think it is compared to the other movies. And I will collect the dollar amount you assigned times multiplier. So that's the that's the only profit to be made off of this is that you, my opponent or opposition, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. make money off my choices, but I'm only spending money and vice versa. So it's really a yes. betting game. It's a betting game, but Shawshank Redemption doesn't get the money that the multiplied money. It only gets the money that you give it. I get the money that I bet that you will like Shawshank Redemption. So if you give Shawshank Redemption 20 bucks and I put a 3x multiplier on it, you get 60 bucks. I get 60 bucks that I get to then spend in the next round. So I get to be more influential in the next round based on how well I guess your answers. Okay. At the end of the first round, once we've gone through all 10 movies, we will eliminate the bottom four. The four that, and forget, the multipliers don't matter here, but for eliminating them, just the money that's assigned. The ones that don't get the, get the cash. The lowest performing cash. The, the poorest. The poorest. The, the ones poorest that get, four. The ones that get the least cash, the four that get the least cash will be eliminated. Then we will switch. And the three that you haven't rated, rated I will ask you to rate. The three that I haven't rated, you will ask me to rate with another multiplier and then we'll go from there and then we'll end up with two and whatever cash we have we can expend determining who who wins and who doesn't. all right that sounds good yes makes sense let's play it any questions no i'm sure i'll have them but let's do it as we do it all right so i'll go first because i'm the one who fully understands the rules of all this stuff for sure good on you so pete you've got a hundred dollars i'm giving you the first one that i'm going to give you is slumdog millionaire and hold on, wait, will I assign a multiplier to that? Okay, I've assigned a multiplier, which you don't know, but how much of your $100 will you give to Slumdog Millionaire, if any? 20 bucks. Why? It's a kind of a forgettable movie. It's kind of of a certain place and time, I guess, although I like it a lot, and I feel like it's kind of like that middle brow, like it's it's foreign, and we're going to show you the worst parts of it. What it's like, you know, it's, it's got a little bit of that kind of like, I, I, I don't know exactly what to call it other than it just, it strikes me as like early 2000s racial awareness, which feels a little clunky right now. But Dev Patel, right? is like, he's become so great. And just as that, I'm going to throw him 20 bucks. Okay, so 20 bucks to Slumdog Millionaire. And I gave you a 2x multiplier on that, which gives me $40 to spend in the next round. Oh, nice. I agree with you generally on Slumdog Millionaire. I thought it was highly entertaining. The music was phenomenal. I don't know if you remember, it was not quite an Oh Brother Where Art Thou situation, but the music was- It was was really good. Yeah, and I remember that too. And the soundtrack is great. I mean, look, all of these, that one best picture are good. These aren't like bad movies. Just of the list of these, this is one of the more forgettable to me with the exception of Dev. It is relatively forgettable, but you gave it a fifth. In other words, average amount of money. I think the premise was kind of fun. I thought it was a little hard to swallow that somehow like he picked up the exact bits of wisdom that he needed to win this quiz show in these very sure. specific experiences. I don't know. I found that yeah. a little bit almost too unbelievable to, to really fully engage with the movie and enjoy the movie. However, I agree with you. It was a pretty decent movie. So I put a 2x multiplier, so I've got $40 for the next round. Mm-hmm. And Slumdog Millionaire is sitting uh, so far in the leaderboard with $20. $20. Now you get to pick a movie for me. Ooh, I get to pick one for you. I like this. I get this. This is like playing bridge kind of. Yeah. Okay, Danny. Yep. Your movie, The Departed. <laughs> you got a multiplier in mind? I do. I'm not telling you what it is. Could be zero. I'm giving The Departed, The Departed, I'm giving it $2. <gasps> really? <laughs> I didn't enjoy this movie at all. I thought this was like a, to me, The Departed was like, because it had a, it was a star-studded cast, right? But I thought uh, The Departed devolved into a contest to see which of the male leads gets the Oscar Oscar for best actor or best supporting mm. actor. The plot was interesting, but I thought the characters were really thin. And I thought it was, despite having a star-studded cast, I thought it was a fairly, I thought the acting was not so good. 
the reason and i ended up giving this movie like a five out of ten but the reason i only give it two dollars or the reason i give it two dollars at all was because the ending was i thought pretty satisfying i thought it was a pretty good ending where they like everybody dies it's almost like a um like in the wire where where uh they confront um stringer bell and like everybody gets shot kind of thing like yeah idris elba right you can't you can't you can't push on idris like that No, you're right. Let's forget the wire comparison. It's not a good one. But but I did like the fact that like everybody was kind of bad and then everybody died as a result. I thought that was a fairly satisfying ending. And that's the only reason I'm giving it $2. Otherwise, fuck The Departed. I'm not interested. What what multiplier did you put on The Departed? I gave you a three by three. I thought you would like it. And I thought you would like it based solely on the fact that I don't like it and most people love it. Like, I always feel in the minority for being like, ah, The Departed sucks. Like, the coolest thing, the best thing in The Departed is basically Alec Baldwin and Marky Wahlberg, right? Like, the two, like, kind of character pieces that have, like, they're not characters. They're just sort of archetypes, right? Archetype Mm -hmm. of Boston Cop Mm -hmm. and archetype of social, you know, like, pole climbing uh, uh, FBI guy. And, like, they're the most interesting because the other characters are just, I just, I feel like, man, and I know people hate me for this, but I just feel like it's some lazy shit. And I also feel like Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't know why people keep casting him in these real tough guy roles because I never buy it. It's just like every time I just see this like skinny, pretty little kid, man, just trying to do his thing. Like you can, you can put all the tattoos on him you want. You can make him do dips in slow motion. It just looks like Leonardo DiCaprio looks like somebody I could absolutely rub his eyeballs into the concrete. And it just frustrates me that we keep thinking that this dude is somehow so tough that he can kick like Ray Winston's ass you know like it just <laughs> it just drives me nuts they they and scores it's scorsese's thing scorsese sees leonardo DiCaprio and he sees like this muse that just perfectly institutes his own bizarre sexual hang-ups of men and he wants this very feminine style man to come in and be the like heavy somehow he does it in gangs in new york and if you go back and watch gangs in new york leonardo DiCaprio looks like he's goddamn 14 years old kicking against daniel day lewis i mean daniel day lewis looks like a goddamn man and Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just i just get that from dicaprio i like matt damon in this movie because he at least kind of has the cut of a state police officer He's kind of mm-hmm. like doing his thing and he's sort of, he's charming and whatever. Like he, he does a pretty good cop routine, which I like, but DiCaprio ruins it for me. Martin Sheen has no business bumbling into this film. Jack Nicholson had no reason getting on meds to come do this film and whip out dildos and talk to hookers about blood. It's just such a, a weird digression away from like a serious, like, like you, you know who did this a billion times better? The Wire. So... The wire. The problem with the wire is it does everything a billion times better. Yeah, than it's not fair, right? It's like it's like talking about Beethoven. You know, you're just like, dude. Once Beethoven comes along, you're never gonna be as cool as that dude, right? <laughs> like, you're never gonna be as cool as the wire either. I agree. And the wire is like to 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 me, the wire is middlebrow in the way that's best of middlebrow. It's the absolute best. It's it's the the wire is middle brow in the same way that the Beatles are middle brow, in which everyone obviously loves it and it's fine. And you can talk to anyone, high brow, low brow, whatever, you're like, hey, what'd you think about the wire? And you know the answer is gonna be the same as like, Hey, <laughs> did you enjoy the White Album? Did you enjoy Abbey Road? And the right. answer is You can like it or not like it, but you you will respect it and realize like its place and culture. That's right. Next one I'm giving you, Pete, and I've got my multiplier already. I'm bummed out. You know what I got? I put, I, I got six bucks. Here, you got, you, you got, got uh, 60 or 40? I have 40. I have 40. And I've got $6. It's not going well. Well, you know, it's all right. You, you, there's plenty of time to, to rebound for you. But Pete, I'm giving you No, no Country for Old Men, the Coen Brothers movie. Interesting. And I've got a multiplier in my head, but what do you, how much money would you allocate to No Country? So now me? here's the question, Danny. You have a multiplier in your head. Is it to my advantage to allocate less or more money based on what I think you put the multiplier on? So then do I downgrade or upgrade a movie no. in order to beat? So I can't do I, I have to like I have to like do no, this. No, you like can if you want. You like, can I shouldn't, if you want. I shouldn't game the system on it, though. 
No, because if you love No Country for No Country for Old Men, you want it to advance into the next round. And so you need to give it as much money as you think it deserves. And forget my multiplier. We're not you and I are not really competing in this. We're just it's we're just, just having this is just for goofs, man. I gotcha. Okay. No, uh, but it's it's like no, it's 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 for real. It's for real, buddy. It's, it's for it's real like money. Legit. This I'm is owe legit. You this. The, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna come around like like Surprise. super voters finance and tell me that I got yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So um, no, give your honest impression and don't worry about what I what multiplier okay. I may or may not because I could be totally wrong on your multiplier. But I'm dying to know what you think about old, No Country for Old Men. You want to know how much money I'm giving it? Want to hear it? $70. That leaves you with only $10 for the rest. Sure. The rest are worth $10 to me. $70. Tell me why. Dude, it is the absolute best movie on that list. It is probably the best movie of the last 20 years, maybe, in my opinion. It is absolutely everything about it is firing on all cylinders. And as a middle brow movie, it is absolutely perfect. It has the what would you do kind of game for it you know which I love as like a and that's just Cormac McCarthy right but you have this kind of like what would you do if you just found this bag of money would you would you take it would you leave it would you hide it you know because because he seems to do everything kind of right you know anyway it's got it's got that whole piece of it the writing of it is so sparse so dramatic the Coens, they do what they do by just putting craziness into stark reality. Javier Bardem is legitimately frightening and as a force of nature. And Woody Harrelson puts in one of the best performances ever. And I feel like he is a national Look, treasure. Can we so, just say Woody Harrelson puts in what for Woody Harrelson is an average performance. But Woody, Woody Harrelson is great. He's a yeah. genius. He's amazing. I, I think so. I'm one of those that just believes it. And you put him in a modern day Western and he has this feeling of like safety and competence that is completely undermined by the, by this. It's basically like, like Javier Bardem is basically the shark from Jaws. He's just coming. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't get out of the way. Even when you hire the guy like Quint, who is just supposed to like, you know, be able to, the, you, you go, you go to the pros from Dover and get this guy and he's still no match. And it is just, it is it is a it is a frightening take on greed and violence. I mean it, it is it is such an American movie in every possible sense. It is it is brilliant and yet accessible just directly on its face. It is a work of in my opinion it is a masterpiece. I love mm. that movie. And if you and if you've seen it again recently and we talked about this. I watched it again like like in the last 3 months, right? And I'm just still taken back by like dude, this is just a masterwork. I love this movie. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, if, if I was kind of holding out, like if I got, like, I was almost thinking, I'll give it a hundred dollars. I just, I, I love this movie and it rises so far above its, uh, its cohort in this, in this group. So this doesn't bode well for No Country for Old Men because I gave you it a three X multiplier mm. on seven seventy dollars. I wish I'd given it the four X, but I've, and that gives me $210 for the God next round. Wow. No yeah. country for old men. Okay, so now you pick one for me. What do you think of it? You gave it a 3X. I mean, don't we get to hear your take on No Country for Old Men? No Country for Old Men is definitely going on to the next round, so you'll get my take in the next round. Okay, okay. It's a guarantee. So we can hold out. It's Guys, guaranteed. that is a tease. All right. Beautiful mind. And you got a multiplier? I do. <sighs> Pete, I'm afraid you're going to get hosed on this one. I, I'm, I worry that you gave it a 4X or a 3X multiplier. No, you already used your 3X, but I'm worried that you gave it a 4X multiplier because I am a mathematics major and The Beautiful Mind should be a movie that I like. However, did you, before, before you get into it, did you know who Nash was before the movie? Like, were you aware of him through being a math major? Is he, is he that kind of important figure or did they grab like a nobody and elevate it? They grabbed a nobody and elevated it. No, I did not know about him. And I studied math in college for, and this was right around this movie time the movie, this movie came out. The movie came out in 2002. I was studying math from like 2001 to 2004, studying it in a really big way. And Steve Nash's equilibrium never come up. I came up. I think it's an economic. It's a game theory, right? It's a game theory economics concept. Yeah. Okay. And they use game theory in like foreign policy and stuff too. So I don't know how it gets used exactly, but yeah, it but seems I didn't like it's really, pretty niche. 
It's pretty niche. I found this movie to be generally watchable, but not necessarily enjoyable. I think more than a movie about mathematicians, I think it's a movie about mental illness. And as a mental movie about mental illness, I think it does a pretty good job because you believe throughout the movie that the roommate is real and that all the various people are real. In the end, they're not. And I think that's powerful. And I think that works really well. However, I think the only thing that makes this movie really even watchable is Russell Crowe. I think Russell Crowe does a really good job. And so Beautiful Mind won the Oscar for Best Picture the year after Gladiator won the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, so it was just Russell Crowe's time. This was Russell Crowe's cultural moment. And I think he he makes this movie what it is. However, I think the ending is really kind of lame. I don't know why. I just think that like Russell Crowe devolves into this not that interesting character as he kind of becomes this benign old man who does this thing. And I did a rewatch for this. I did a rewatch probably a month and a half ago. And it just didn't it didn't ride for me. Like I didn't think it was that good. So I am giving Beautiful Mind five dollars. I'm so happy to. I knew this about you. I gave Beautiful Mind the zero multiplier. Good for you. Oh. Can you see that on its nice face? strategy, here's the buddy. Thing. I know that you're a mathematics major, and I figured that it would not be good because, as a non-mathematics major, I found it like it's one. It's it's just it's forgettable. Like you remember it because of Russell Crowe. Yep. And I think actually uh, Paul Bettany. I think he does a really kind of a good job as being sort of which this, character is he? He's one of his uh, he's one of his like um, hallucinations that's always like coming out. His roommate him. is that Paul Bettany, the blonde guy? Yeah, 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 super yeah. blonde, almost super blonde. Nine. Yeah, almost. He albino. does great. Yeah, that's Paul. He Bettany. does really well. He's good, and you know Paul Bettany's like. Paul Bettany and Russell Crowe work together in another movie that is just such a great Middlebrow movie, Master and Commander, which sometime we should talk about just as a perfect Middlebrow movie. It's very good. But um, the, the two of them work together, and it's great. And I agree with you. I think Russell Crowe, like, I, I, I'm one of those people that finds Russell Crowe really charming and interesting. Like, whenever he's in a movie, he'll have something to do that I'm kind of interested. Like, he's just, he's just I don't know, he's good at getting your attention. Yeah. And I think that Russell Crowe plays this kind of like serious, straightforward person really, really well. I agree. I love him in 310 to Yuma, right? Which is like modern Western with Christian Bale. It's good. And like, he's great in that as like the, as like over the top bad guy, he still plays it as this kind of like work a day kind of thing. I don't know. He's got this kind of, he, he brings almost a mundaneness to these, to these amazing circumstances, you know? And I really like that. Mm. But I also am just like, as a, as a thing about mental illness, it kind of does all the mental illness tropes, you know, where he's like having these direct visions and he's this tortured, you know what I mean? Like, I think there are better movies about mental illness that draw out less on look how amazing they are and they have mental illness and just sort of mental illness is this incredibly rich area to explore as human beings because it's the scariest thing you can imagine. Right. Like Mm -hmm. losing your mind in that way is terrifying. And so putting it in the in the terms of this like weird mathematician at a certain time and elevating it to like this high stakes thing just kind of bugs me. And I I don't like it. I thought you wouldn't like it. And I don't. Well, you were spot on. Damn. Although I don't win any money for this. Right. Because I because I times zero. But you used. But I used correctly the thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. So you could you're pretty well situated. Oh, yeah. My two dollars to your what is it now? I've spent $7. I have $93 left, and you have, you know, most of your high-value multipliers left. Okay. All right, good. That's smart. All right, all right, all right. All right, so Pete, I've got one for you. Let's do it. I'm ready. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. You have $10 left because you spent $70 on No Country for Old Men. Yep, I'm ready. And $20 on Slumdog Millionaire. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. What what do you get? $5. It was not even close to the best of those movies. And I felt like it was just a O for the whole thing. And I actually find Return of the King to be like, oh my gosh, after the sixth or seventh ending to that movie, I just, at the end of Lord of the Rings is just, it doesn't end great. And I, I liked it as a wrap up to the series, but I just don't think it deserved an Oscar. I think Fellowship of the Ring deserved an Oscar. I think it was probably kind of a lifetime achievement award for the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, franchise. but you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't lifetime achievement things with awards for specific movies. Fuck that. 
Turn of the King, $5. But they do. We saw Steely Dan get a Grammy in 2001. And I we disagree saw... with that too. Bullshit. Of the moment. What's the best album? Not who did the best. Give them, call it a Lifetime Achievement Award and give it to no. them. No. We saw Beck in 2015 get a Grammy for Morning Phase. I mean, these are Lifetime Achievement Awards. And Lord of the Rings gets a Lifetime Achievement Awards. Five bucks. I gave you a 4X multiplier, which is $5. Still, you're killing me. I just didn't think you had much money left in the bank, and I needed to get the bang, most bang for my buck on the 4X multiplier. You got one for me? I have $90, $93 left. I'm going to say Chicago. Okay. Good choice. I'm giving 20 bucks to Chicago. Um... I got a two times multiplier on that, bro. Nice work. I liked Chicago. Obviously, I've been watching a lot of Academy Award Best Picture winning movies, and there's kind of a predictable pace to them and a predictable type of movie that wins, tends to win these awards, especially in like the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. However, Chicago was a real nice change of pace from your standard Oscar bait. It was almost like an extended like trip. It's not always clear what's reality and what's not. I thought Catherine Zeta-Jones was excellent. I thought Renee Zellweger was excellent. Queen Latifah and Richard Gere were excellent. The whole effect was a highly, highly entertaining and enjoyable movie. I gave this 8 out of 10. I thought it was wonderful. It was highly entertaining. I really enjoyed it, and I don't think that it could have been done much better. I think this was just really well cast, really well acted. My hat is off to Chicago for what they've done here, and my hat is off to the Academy for selecting this movie to win Best Picture complete agreement love it i i thought that there was like this little period of original musicals like uh, moulin rouge and then this chicago that were really cool and people were like actually trying to like revitalize the form as relevant and not just nostalgia for what you saw and i thought that it was great i i agree with you on the casting i loved queen i just i'm just a huge fan of queen latifah for some oh, reason yeah. she's just, great she's great she was I don't know so why. good yeah movie. she's so good and like renee Zellweger is good Catherine Taylor jones is good the real of course got john c Riley, who is just mm-hmm. great and everything you know just elevates everything he's in basically and and it was a real great comeback for richard gear man like and yeah, richard gear yeah. as like song he was and great dance he was good man yeah dude yeah. Like, i did not see that coming yeah. <clears throat> and you know because he's always like up until that point he was just sort of like brooding handsome all the time you know yeah and yeah. so to see him like cut loose and like play big and do all this stuff it was great and uh and it was audacious and weird yeah. and like fun i love and it. as a lawyer richard gear's performance is really satisfying to watch <laughs> he's just like shady <laughs> just, lawyer i got it i got it here's what yeah, we're gonna do no but like he does it the right way like he's this highfalutin kind of criminal defense lawyer and it was so good the whole thing about planting the diary and then it's so good okay so how much what was the multiplier you put on that by two so two x and i put twenty dollars that gives you forty dollars mm-hmm. plus my six for departed yeah $2. All right, Pete, I'm going to give you Gladiator. I like Gladiator too, so I'll give it all the rest of the money because I don't like the other two movies at all. So I am going to say, what am I at here? I'm going to give it $5. I think $5 is all I can do. It should get more. I, I would like to, I, if I could do it again, I would switch Gladiator and Slumdog Millionaire. But it is what it is. I give it five bucks. So why do you give all the rest of your money to Gladiator when you already have one more movie that you need to rate? I like Gladiator a lot. I think it's good i think it's really memorable and one of the things it really did was it changed the way action movies looked i guess ridley scott would like film a scene but he would film it from like just dozens of cameras at the same time and use like all these different cuts and stuff but he only filmed the scene once you know so he was able to piece it together and i feel like that's what makes that kind of like i don't know it's almost like skip framed editing that goes through it that i really think is cool i actually think the whole like story of you know commodus who was a real guy who was aurelius's son and he sucked but he wasn't that kind of suck and like all that stuff kind of like whatever it's just sort of background for these amazing like what were fights in rome like and it's a very cool depiction of that so i like it a lot to me gladiator is everything that a hollywood blockbuster should be it's just pure entertainment it's fun to watch it's enjoyable pop it on the screen you know on a thursday night or whatever while you're with your wife laying in bed and this is how 40 year olds consume entertainment you put up your cube pillow or your uh, one of those my wife calls it a husband or a boyfriend where it's like a big old pillow that has like armrests you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you, you lean into one of these you pop the movie on you, you know you're hanging out right. with your wife it's quality time gladiator is perfect for that it's fine it's it's good entertainment mm-hmm 
but it, it doesn't leave you with a lot like of stuff to take with you unless you're one of these guys who has like a hard on for the Roman Empire, of which we now know there are lots of these people. Yeah, it's like a super incel movie now, right? Like like a lot of this like stand there being like, are you not entertained? Like I'm sure like every every militia guy in wherever Idaho <laughs> is like watching that and picturing himself there with a bunch of dead liberals and a Glock for some yep. reason or some shit. That's right. like, I kind of I kind of don't love that part of it. <laughs> No, and of course, there's a Gladiator 2 coming out real soon that we all know about. And yeah. I don't think either you or I will go watch that. However, nope. when it goes to DVD, we probably yeah. will because it's interesting. It's a, you know, to make a franchise out of a fairly iconic movie. But anyway, I give you a 1x multiplier on that, which gives me all the rest of your $5. Yeah. And gives me for the next round a total of 275 going into the next round. Whereas you have most of your high value multipliers, well, some of your high value multipliers remaining, I've only given away $27 and there are two movies left for you to give to me. All right, I'm ready. So let's roll. What do you got? What do you got? Hurt Locker. I'm giving Hurt Locker $30. All right. I gave that by times four multiplier. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, so you gave you gave Hurt Locker a 4X multiplier. You thought I would like Hurt Locker, and I did like Hurt Locker. I liked yeah. it an awful lot. Yeah. To me, Hurt Locker was highly entertaining. It was really, really good pure entertainment in that it's all action. And I recently watched, um, what, Platoon. Platoon, to me, has a lot of echoes of this. Well, this movie has a lot of echoes of Platoon, where it's mm-hmm. just pure action. Every minute you're watching it is just action, 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 action. And that makes for a really watchable movie that you don't necessarily have a lot of takeaways from, that you're not like thinking about long after you've watched the movie. Like, for example, True Detective or The mm. Wire. There's so many things where I continue to think about them long after I've completed my watch, where I'm just like, it's on my mind. I can't stop thinking about it. Hurt Locker didn't have a lot of those moments. However, it did have two. And they all they both came at the very end. The first was the serial scene. Do you yeah, know what I'm talking about? I do. I was gonna say that that scene alone is probably worth that movie making it. It really is. And I think that they front loaded the action and they back loaded the like philosophical Effect. stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like action and then what happens after. Yeah. So this guy comes home and he's looking at for those of you who haven't watched it in a while, he's at the grocery store and he's looking at like an aisle of a grocery store, which all of us have experienced this. It's like three hundred different kinds of cereals. And he's looking at this and he's just been like defusing bombs in a rock and like saving lives and ending lives and stuff and doing and all this stuff. Watching people and, die horribly. Yeah. And so then he goes and he's like, What cereal do I get? And there's like 300 cereals. And he's like, why does this matter to me at all? Why would I possibly care about which cereal I pick? And yet this is like my life. I have to decide whether like, do I get Lucky Charms, which are bad for my kid? Or do I get Golden Grahams? Or do I get some no sugar added bullshit? Or do I get Rice Krispies or whatever? And it's just like, how does this possibly matter? The choices that I've made in Iraq are so much more meaningful than this choice. And then at the end, right after that scene, he addresses his, his infant son. And I love this scene because it rings true with so much of what, to me, like the sort of middle brow American dad has to deal with on a day-to-day basis, which is... He talks to his infant son and he says something to the effect of, as you get older, there are fewer and fewer things that you really, really love. And then it shows him, like it flashes to him, like going back to Iraq and starting a new rotation and like defusing more bombs. This is one of my persistent themes that as you get older, things get less and less interesting. And there are fewer and fewer things that you really care about and deeply like love and want to participate in. And like the defusing of bombs is almost like an allegory for other things that are going on in your sort of middle brow dad's life like whatever it is that you find interesting or that you're drawn to you just have to go for it you just have to go with it and you just have to make the best of it with those things so i give hurt locker 30 dollars because this is a fantastic movie with a good mix of both action and philosophy at the very end i agree i'm i'm a fan of this movie too and one of the things interesting is both you and i danny and i imagine a lot of people probably had very close friends who were deployed right during the yeah for sure war on terror my best friend was deployed to iraq as was mine my best friend was deployed to iraq and afghanistan he did four tours like all told and this is hollywood's thoughtful whack at showing the response right like showing the harm and the confusion and the getting on with it 
you know, piece of it, which I really, which I really appreciate. It reminds me a lot of another movie that is so goddamn good that led to one of the worst franchises, but that's, um, First Blood, if you recall, from the 80s. It's uh, Sylvester Stallone's Rambo. It's the movie that started Rambo. But First Blood itself is about a Vietnam War vet who can't reconcile his responsibility in the past with his lack of responsibility now. You know, the kind of like crushing, you know, he has this speech in it where he's talking about, I would fly $30 million helicopters and move 20 men into position to kill other men. And now I can't find a job, you know, which was like sort of the reaction that happened after Vietnam. And this is sort of the reaction after the war on terror, like that whole scene of like just the abundance, just the what kind of luxury you can live in you know, just for the everyday person in America and what it's like to, I, I don't know, it's, it's very good. And I, may, maybe you kind of have to know someone in the military. And, I, and my understanding is you have to know someone in the military, but that people in the military don't love this movie, that they find Fair some luck, problems yeah. with it is my experience. Mm-hmm. But for me, it seems to like get across that idea of like a huge chunk of my generation, like fought in a war for 20 years. So it's wild. A lot of entertainment there, Hurt Locker. So we're now in a situation where I have to give you movies that I like and that I think you might like, but I know you have zero dollars left. So I'm perfectly fine with that. I hate both these movies. Do you really? So I'm going to give you Crash. Ugh, and the one I hate the obviously, most. Thank God. The only one I have left is the Zero X Multiplier. So I'm going to give you Crash with the Zero X Multiplier. You're going to give it zero dollars. And I'm giving it zero dollars. And I think that's exactly right. Why? I revisited this movie in particular. And uh, because it was such a kind of phenomenon at the time, like when Crash came out, it was like a real big deal. Like people were acting about it the way people acted about like Blair Witch. Like it's this wake up call. Yeah. You know, it's this shocking whatever. When you watch it, it's really not. I mean, it's very, I don't know. There's something about the middle-aged white guy who decides he's going to tackle race that just never works. It just feels like the first... You're talking about the director of this movie? Yeah, director and writer, right? Didn't he write it also? Um, It's based on an experience he had getting mugged outside of a store somewhere in Los Angeles. And it's just like, I don't know. I think I think when it came out, it feels very much like a thoughtful treatise on race. But I think with any kind of distance, it, it doesn't hold up at all, I don't think. And I think it was thin to begin with. I just feel like these are how boomers think about race. Like, as long as we can fight against the most obvious forms of racism, we have done the right thing. And that's really hard to do is like basically the message of that. You're a hero for overcoming your most basic hatreds. It feels to me like the racial version of like of a junior high kid talking about like the Smiths or something like it's, it's a, it's a high level topic, but it's just, it just feels like it's, it's not subtle. It's just, it, and it still maintains a lot of like very, very broad stereotypes and it doesn't mm-hmm. investigate them beyond anyway that's my feeling i was like eh boo i thought crash was a very interesting movie i thought it was fairly if not massively watchable and enjoyable it was a little meandering at times and it was a little hard to follow exactly what the point of the movie was right it's just like vignettes yeah vignettes on like race relations are exceedingly complex in the usa and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow which is a theme that resonates with me, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I thought there were... Even when white people are trying their best, it can be hard for them to navigate race. Exactly. I thought there were really... Like, like, like that, that is a message is kind of... Eh. I thought that the acting performances were pretty strong. I thought the characters were pretty believable. I thought the situations were pretty interesting. I gave this movie about a 7 out of 10. You gave it $0, which is fine, so it'll crash out. So, Pete, what's your next movie for me? There's only one left. Well... The last one, Million Dollar Baby. I am giving Million Dollar Baby happily all the rest of my money, which is $43. Nice. I'm pleased. I'm thrilled to be doing this. I thought Million Dollar Baby was a great, great like world of characters. I thought it was a really interesting and fun story. So I watched half of this while I was, you know, grinding on the Peloton, just cranking out, (laughs) burning the calories, whatever. And then I set aside for the night after my workout ended. And as I went to bed and as I, I sat there with my head on the pillow, I just wanted to get back to this world of characters. It stayed in my mind. I don't think this movie was something that had like a lot of valuable lessons that will change who you are. But I did think it was a very good story and a really well-made movie. I thought Clint Eastwood was excellent. The fight scenes were excellent. Hilary Swank is excellent. 
despite the fact that I'm in danger of using up the word excellent, I thought all these things were excellent. The fight scenes were really, really good. The dirty fighter who kicks Hillary Swank's ass at the end, I thought was just a wonderful well-played story arc there's something very appealing i think about the storyline of like a prodigy who never loses i think about ender's game a lot when i think about this where you've got this person who just goes into whatever the combat arena is and just dominates and just never loses like the little fellow in ender's game just always wins and maggie uh, fitzgerald she just never loses. She just kicks ass, and it's so cool. And I think there's something really compelling about this storyline. So it is my great pleasure to give $43 to Million Dollar Baby, on which you, I would assume, because it's the only one you have left, you had a 1x multiplier. Correct. So I get $43. $43? I'm also, I like it. I don't love it. I think Clint Eastwood makes a good movie. And I think this is like kind of Clint Eastwood at his, aside from Unforgiven, sort of the best like his sort of second win mm -hmm. he had like unforgiven a bunch of those movies that were just like unforgiven seems like a landmark movie and then um, which he did not win he had kind of unforgiven like, didn't win a best did, picture oscar did it he won best director though sure I think, but right? not best picture didn't win a it won a ton yeah it's really good i mean it, you know it, it, a lot of that is because it's clint eastwood upending the western mythos and at the time when this movie came out I don't know if you remember, but there was a pretty big debate over right to life in America, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, the Kevorkian stuff was up, euthanasia, yeah. should you be allowed to? There was this woman named, what was it, Terry Schiavo, who oh, was like yeah. brain dead and her husband wanted to unplug her, but her parents were saying she was alive because we can keep people's heart beating for a hundred years, but we can't, you know. So there was, this was kind of like of the moment too. Mm -hmm. This was like a discussion that was going on and it was very off brand, I guess, for Clint Eastwood, who's a real kind of conservative guy to come out on the other side of this, you know, which he did in the movie. And he made like a really thoughtful argument on that and about potential and about, I don't know, I, I don't really like Clint Eastwood as a director and I find him to be kind of hacky at certain things, but this is him doing like a really good job at it. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I do think you and I agree that Clint Eastwood is full on no holds barred middle brow. Yeah, I guess. He's to me like kind of the part of middle brow that's not so good. Interesting. Okay, so we've got five movies that are clearly and obviously moving on to the second round, and then we have three that are tied at $5, and you get to pick which one goes on. Gladiator, Beautiful Mind, or Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Which one do you advance to the next round, Pete? Gladiator. Gladiator lives to fight another day. Going into the second round, Pete has $209 to spend based on his multipliers. I have $275 to spend based on mine. And we have six movies left. Those six movies are No Country for Old Men with $70, Million Dollar Baby with $43, Hurt Locker with $30, Chicago and Slumdog Millionaire with $20 a piece, and Gladiator with $5. So we each then get to pick in this next round. It's the same deal, only we switch the ones that each of us has already rated. We give to the other person. We get a 0x, a 1x, and a 2x multiplier to determine how much money we have to spend in the final round. Similar deal. And Pete... I'm going to start. I'm the leader in the clubhouse here, so I'm going to Yep. I'm going to give Tee off. I'm going to give you Chicago. And we only have 6 movies that made it through. That's right. So I'm going to be reviewing Chicago, Hurt Locker, and Million Dollar Baby. I am going to give Chicago $100, Danny. All right, and I had to add a 2x multiplier, and that was just my best multiplier. Tell me why. As we said before, I just think Chicago represents like an intentional artistic stab at something that I think mostly wins. And so it's that's exactly what this is for. The Oscars are for. It's great. Chicago is really fun, wasn't it? It was. It's a blast. And it's a throwback and it's a move forward and it's got sadness and it's just it's just nothing but great performances, great music and a cool idea. I agree with you. I thought Chicago was super fun. It's sort of trending towards one of the real contenders for the final thing here, because Chicago at this point, Chicago's sitting on $120. And I gave you a 2X multiplier on that, which gives me $200 for the final round. I will give you, Danny, let's put your money where your mouth is. Let's see. No country for old men. Oh boy, this is a tough one for me. You got your multiplier picked out? What are, what are my options? 0X, 1X, 2X. I got it. So No Country for Old Men, I have $275 to spend. I'm giving No Country for Old Men $25. I'm smart. I put down one X. So No Country for Old Men, to me, the problem with this, and this is, you know, I did not do a rewatch of No Country for Old Men. I rewatched the trailer. I watched it probably 15 
years ago. Oh. But the thing about No Country for Old Men is I love, absolutely love, the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers probably have, like, in my top ten favorite movies of all time, they probably have, like, four movies or three movies. I absolutely love them. I think there's a lot of really genius filmmaking and a lot of really, really good stuff. But when I watched No Country for Old Men 15 years ago or so, it didn't really leave an impression. I think it's really gritty, and I think it's really essentially well-made. The acting seemed to be really good, but it's one of, honestly, my least favorite Coen brothers movies i put it up there with like barton fink and miller's cross Ooh, i love barton fink yeah and Mi- oh my god you don't like miller's crossing miller's crossing i don't love there's only one thing about miller's crossing that i love which is steve buscemi's like two minute performance where he just absolutely takes over the stage and it's just brilliant but like yeah gabriel burns great in that movie though yeah but to me it's hard for it's hard to give um no country for old men any real credence when there's like seven Coen Brothers movies that are way, way better than it. And I think what they need, I I like the funny Coen Brothers movies and I like the sort of dark slash funny Coen Brothers movies, but I don't necessarily love the just dark Coen Brothers movies. And the partnership between Cormac McCarthy and the Coen Brothers, I don't think is necessarily a great one because Cormac McCarthy writes all these like dark Western slash apocalyptic movies. And to me, it just doesn't really click in the way that, like, if you nominated any other, you you nominate, like, The Big Lebowski, like, how the fuck does that movie not win an Oscar? You nominate Intolerable Cruelty, you nominate A Serious Man, you nominate The Man Who Wasn't There, you nominate any of those for an Oscar, and you give them an Oscar, and I'm giving it, like, all of my money, because I think those movies are so good, and I love them. What was the multiplier put on it? One. Okay, so that gives you $25. Yep. What you got for me? Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, boy. So now I'm left with the choice between sort of how do I distribute my money between Slumdog Millionaire and Gladiator, which is sad because I have $250 to distribute, and I don't particularly love either of these movies. I do think Slumdog Millionaire was better than Gladiator. So I, I like you, watched Slumdog Millionaire. And it didn't leave a huge impression necessarily, but the music was good. It was an enjoyable movie to watch. It was shorter than most Oscar winners. It's tight. That's true. It's a nice tight. What is it? It's like 100 minutes. Yeah, it's super short, super enjoyable. It's just pure entertainment. So I'm going to give it 125. I picked zero. So now I give one to you, right? Yeah, the last one, right? No, you got two more. Okay, so Pete has $109 left to spend, and I am going to give him the Hurt Locker. $109. Wow! Why? It's awesome. I'm with you. I love it. It's a great movie. It's a, it, it explains something about a time in America, which almost, I mean, I guess Crash kind of does it, but I feel like Crash does that. Like it explains kind of a bad time in America, whereas the Hurt Locker explains a very relatable version of a time in America after September 11th. Like I think the Hurt Locker might be one of the best September 11th movies. <laughs> I buy that. Of which there are not very many, thank God. And the ones that there are are usually awful. But um, yeah, I I like it. I'm down with it. What would you think about the cereal scene and the, um, at this point in your life, there's only so many things that you, that you actually enjoy. And then obviously he goes back and, and like rejoins the rotation. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with the Shawshank redemption side of being institutionalized where you're living in this like high stakes environment and that's addictive. And then everything else just looks terrible next to it. But the problem is life is everything else. You can't consistently live in a high stakes environment, you know, all this kind of, and like all the factors of it. I, I think it speaks to like an, almost an entire generation of men in America. And I think it does a pretty good job of that. I think it's fascinating. I think she, what's what's her name? The director was terrific. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She looked at American masculinity in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It's re- it is a movie, much like Gladiator. First and foremost, this is a movie about masculinity. Yeah, which is kind of critical, especially at that time. I mean, this was like people were re-signing up and we were trying to talk about like why it's good, why we got to support the troops, how it's not Vietnam and all this kind of stuff. But yet we still kind of always fall short on the understanding of what we ask people to do. Like, like what does it actually mean? Yeah, because, I, and, and I think a large part of that problem is movies, right? Like you watch movies and you see all this badass stuff and you're like, oh, that person has all this badass knowledge and they've done all these badass things. So they're, they're walking around feeling badass, just like the Proud Boys or whoever, right? But it's like, no, it's actually not like that at all. 
you know, it's regular days of just unimaginable trauma that you just have to carry around. And when everybody tells you what a badass thing it is, that may not feel good. For God's sakes, at least the Academy gave a movie an award for that. I mean, you know, I'm down with it. All right, Danny, here it is. Russell Crowe's own glistening biceps and triceps with the SPQR for Rome, which is just on the bodies of all kinds of tough guys everywhere. Gladiator. I give Gladiator, well, it's the last one, and therefore I'm required to give Gladiator $125, which is all that I have left. Again, I didn't... Good news for me. It is good news for you. So what was your multiple? Because I only have a 2X multiplier, so that gives $240. Sweet. You are riding high going into the final round, and the reason is because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I gave my money to the other movies. I do not particularly love Gladiator. It was fine. It definitely is better than Beautiful Mind. It definitely is better than The Departed. It's probably like a 75th to 80th percentile Oscar-winning Best Picture movie. That's really good, right? Yeah. It's, it, just, it just checks a lot of boxes. It's beautiful looking. The score is great. You're right about all that, which is why I have no hesitation about giving it $125, which gives you not 240 with your 2X, but 250. Yeah. You said 125? That's 250, Bo. That's 250. And the last one I have to give to you, even though you have $0 left, is Million Dollar Baby. Times it by whatever you want. It's zero. It's a zero X, but why why do you feel comfortable giving Million Dollar Baby a 0X multiplier? I don't. I just felt more comfortable giving the other... One's more money. Um, I think Million Dollar Bay is fine. I, 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 it just kind of goes into me to the Clint Eastwood conservative takes on American values. I really think Hillary Swank is awesome. And I think that Clint does something interesting with his character. But ultimately, I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel groundbreaking. It feels like well-trod roads to me. So goodbye, Chicago. A sad goodbye. It only earned $120. Yeah. Goodbye, Million Dollar Baby, which sadly only earned $43, which is tough because I love that movie. Goodbye, Gladiator, which only earned $130. And goodbye, No Country for Old Men, which only earned $95. And what we're left with, Pete, is Slumdog Millionaire and The Hurt Locker. Slumdog Millionaire with $145 somehow and Hurt Locker with $139. So now it's up to you and I. You have $275 to spend and I have $309 to spend. How do you allocate that money as between The Hurt Locker and Slumdog Millionaire? I'll give The Hurt Locker 175, which is hilarious because it's not my favorite movie in all this. But between that and Slumdog Millionaire, I think Hurt Locker has more to say. So you're giving $100 to Slumdog Millionaire and $175 to Hurt Locker. I'm going to do similar. I'm going to give $200 to Hurt Locker and my uh, remaining $109 to Slumdog Millionaire, which leaves the winner with $375, a huge, huge Shark Tank. Academy Awards victory over Slumdog Millionaire, which only has $209. Massive victory. And I think that's deserved. Any thoughts, Pete? No. I agree. I mean, it's not my favorite movie of all those, but it's a good one. Go watch The Hurt Locker, people. Hurt Locker. Do it. Be sad. Think of veteran. Little Brown Dads. Forget about Platoon. Forget about Deer Hunter. Go watch The Hurt Locker. Good work, everybody. Thanks very much for listening to The Middle Brow Icons, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Middle Brown Multiverse. If you'd like to join our army of subscribers, you can do so at patreon.com slash multiverse. There's a free option or a paid option that gives you access to bonus episodes that you might enjoy.